welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Sarah Goffman of TCE Company. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Hey, uh, you know, I, I think probably the audience already knows that if Sarah's on the show, this has to be one of those stories where everybody's going to cringe before we even tell them what it's about. Because all of the ones we've done thus far, I think the last one was like, am I too small for a firewall? Man, that got like huge, huge following of just that one episode. So obviously we're about to say something that is going to uh, cause those that listen maybe to lose a little bit of sleep. Uh, this can happen to anybody. Uh, I know it's happened to clients of mine where they they were worried that it had happened to them because they saw something. In this particular case, we won't say who the carrier is or who it actually impacted because uh, we don't want to get into the semantics of trying to explain this to somebody, you know, over the holidays. So Sarah, today's show, we are talking about my cell phone's been cloned. Now, what do I do? Yep. Um, um, so yeah, Sorry. go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, so the story is that we um, started realizing that a someone I know their cell phone was cloned. Um, what happened was we started, this particular person was at the airport. We started receiving odd text messages, which that's not necessarily an indication that the phone's been cloned. It could just be someone spoofing your phone number, trying to um, get information from you. But then we started seeing the uh, data usage going up every hour, every two hours, we would get noted, this person would get notified that they're, um, they were over their data. They actually ended up turning off their data and they were still getting notified of this. I uh, went to the carrier, asked the carrier about it. Carrier said, hmm, we don't see anything. We can see that the data is being used. We can see the text messages, but what we're going to do is we're just going to give you unlimited data. So that way you don't have to worry about going over your minutes or your, um, your data package. So that was the uh, carrier's response to that. Well, that, I mean, that raises a whole lot of questions. I mean, everybody's heard of the term, like, be careful with what apps you put on your phone so that you don't end up getting hacked a lot, largely, you know, in the same vein as like, you know, protect your computer. But if if your phone's been cloned, that means that I could, you know, log into a website and when it prompts me for two-factor authentication, if it's still using that, you know, legacy SMS, I got the code too on my phone. And even better, if you store your password in your phone's uh, password protector, um, they have your password too. Well, that's why you need a password protector protector. Right, exactly. Yeah. So if they have control of the phone line, they can do messaging. Obviously, we've talked about the data side of this, but that also means they can make phone calls. And exactly. we all know what that looks like with AI. I mean, they can impersonate pretty much anybody with AI. So I guess you can't answer the phone anymore from this alleged caller because you don't know if it's really them. Well, the no, other thing that they can... I didn't get your call because um, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> Well, the other thing that they can do in addition to that is toll fraud. So they can call 900 numbers, think equivalent of, you know, yeah. pay a dollar, get the weather. 
and you People can do that they pay the dollar for their weather not anymore <laughs> but if you yes there's other things that they can pay for okay the back when princesses phones were around that's right um there that was a common practice though you know 90s is it 90s i can't remember um, it's, it's been a little bit just a little bit i'm aging myself here <laughs> but it's the same concept though where you're calling this number it's not actually you calling this number it's your phone that's or the clone phones calling this number and you're running up these charges because it's not a number that's normally included in your unlimited minutes so the person the bad actor that owns this number is getting a a charge or they're getting a portion sure. of the funds and then whoever your carrier is getting this bill and the carrier then is going to turn around and give it to you or whoever's well, phone yeah phone. that's why it's so expensive to be international with one of a, a u.s carrier plan because all of the incurred fees that are now being transferred back exactly. so so this is like you know how do you like how do you know so obviously you gave some good indicators and i think it's interesting you you brought up the 90s but maybe not quite that long ago. If we think about um, this was particularly prominent in the CDMA space. So like uh, that would have been your Verizon, Sprint, I think US Cellular. Um, there are probably other carriers that may have at some time existed that used CDMA. That was a protocol that was super easy to eavesdrop on. And by in the same vein, also relatively easy to mimic or clone. Uh, it's 2023, like CDMA has largely been we're not really using 2G and 3G anymore for cellular services, especially in, in more of your urban environments. Those are, you know, LTE, 4G and 5G. They're not using those protocols. So it's kind of interesting, not interesting. It's kind of scary to hear that we're talking about someone who's been cloned with what I assume would be a current cell phone with current technology being used on it. Or are we talking about someone that you happen to know that still uses a flip phone from the 90s? No, it's not a flip phone for the 90s. This okay. did happen about a year, year and a half ago. But technology's still that's really still current enough since then, right? Exactly. Right. So did did this person get like prompted to like, hey, you should reboot your phone? Like text messages telling them to reboot, or was it like it just happened? It just happened. Um, one thing that I've noticed if you go into uh, this person travels a lot for work. One thing that I have noticed, if you go into the airport um, and you look at, first of all, let me precursor this by saying, don't join your phone to any Wi-Fi at the airport. Um, just probably a bad idea in general to do that. Yeah, but it's probably safer ever... to do it with your laptop, actually. <laughs> Unless it's got a cellular card in it. This is true. Um, but if you ever look to see what, Wi-Fi's are available at the airport. Some airports, yes, they do have a free Wi-Fi. But one thing I have noticed when I've been at the airport before is I'll be next to a restaurant and the restaurant, there'll be a Wi-Fi that's named the restaurant. Yeah. Majority of the time, the restaurants don't have their own Wi-Fi. They're using the airport's airport. internet. So that's actually a sign that that's a bad actor who has created a um, a network that's going to have malicious activity on it that's going to get on your phone and it's going to allow you to get your phone cloned. This didn't happen to the person you're describing, or or do, do we have any idea how this uh, person was compromised? They connected their phone to the airport Wi-Fi. 
Gotcha. Or allegedly the airport Wi-Fi. So exactly. question, have, have this person done anything like try and locate, like do the find my phone and have it give results that are different than their actual phone? Uh, they have not. The phone has actually been replaced since then. Well, with a new number or same number? With the same number, but a new phone. So new. Um... Yeah, but you should be able to do a search on find against like through the carrier, like find my phone where that IMEI number is bouncing off of maybe giving different results than their phone or, or giving two results at the same time. That is true. I don't think that's been done and it's probably too far out to do it at this point. Because sure. the data after the phone was replaced, the data usage went back down to normal. So, so then it's possible that the actual spoofing was being done on say like the, what do they call it? The, the virtual SIM card where it's really tied to the hardware, not the, the SIM card that's been plugged in. Right. Yeah, because there's a couple of different ways that you can spoof your phone or uh, clone your phone. So um, it can be a SIM card or the physical phone. Yeah, so that's a good point. So, right. So if you have the IMEI, you have some of those details. Yeah, we know that cloning can happen uh, really quickly. And I think, you know, good advice would be like, that's kind of like a password. You shouldn't share that really with anybody. In fact, if someone's starting to walk you through how to go and find it, it should probably be warning, don't go any further, whoever's talking to you. Unless you were genuinely trying to get a new phone, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, exactly. So can you can you prevent phone cloning, Sarah? I mean, like, I mean, that's what I hope our audience wants to know is like, how do I keep this from happening? How do I educate uh, my clients around like, hey, we talk about this a lot, right? So BYOD, you know, no, no, or or even if it's not BYOD, but like the cell phone is like this coveted private, like we don't like to share it. In fact, you often see people who are like, instead of opting into the work phone, they have a work phone and a personal phone because, you know, work might look at all my photos of my dog and that would be just terrible. Uh, or that I spend too much time playing Wordle. I, I, I don't know, right? Like, but the reality right. at the end of the day, even if it's a work phone, those are very personal to the user that's carrying that device around versus like a laptop where laptops are like, you're like, here you go. Let me know when I get my new one. Phones just aren't like that. So phones are kind of like this Trojan horse. They have all kinds of things that they potentially can cause problems with. And like what you're describing in the, the situation or the story is, is kind of unnerving when you think about where has this individual's phone actually been that was listening or communicating with environments that might have been sensitive data and yet it's being controlled by a threat actor that unbeknownst to the the user of the phone yeah so some things you're going to want to do is when you're out away from your house you're going to want to make sure that you turn off your bluetooth um also don't join any networks that you don't know um you know if you're at the airport don't just join a wi-fi network randomly um, other things you can do is make sure that you're checking or if you're downloading apps, only download apps from reputable sources that you know. Um, yeah, don't be sure side-loading apps. Right. Um, make sure whatever your app is that you do your research on it is a legitimate app. Um, don't click on stuff on social media. Um, what? You know, if you're Come on. Next, you're going to tell me that <laughs> ads next to my search results are not good either. Um, no, that's not good either. Um, Chris, you're going to have to edit just to let you know. I'm, I was pausing, so you had enough time to edit. 
Oh, um, got it. I don't need to edit. We just everybody's that, that pause was like for everybody to really think hard about what we say next. Can we mention <laughs> TikTok on this? Oh, I will just start with that. TikTok, Timu, uh, WhatsApp, Meta, like any of those should probably not be right. I'd even go so far as to say I wouldn't recommend having Facebook on your phone. And mm -mm. this isn't tied to politics or anything along those lines. Like these apps zap your phone first. And second, yep. they make all kinds of disclaimers saying we are collecting your information. Remember when we said you get this app for free? What? How else do you think they're going to pay for what's on that? Okay, exactly. we covered them, I think. Did I miss one? Is there another app I should should include? Pretty much any social media app, don't put it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, definitely that's, don't that's click on fair. it. Yeah, definitely um, don't click on it. What are your thoughts on VPNs? Because like I know I have AT&T and it goes into this like security mode when it's like network not recognized, it kicks the VPN on. But I found it to be very... Not this is not an attack on AT&T by any means, but like I have noticed periodically where it's like it doesn't know what to do. It can't decide whether or not should VPN should be on or not. I if I'm out of my house, a VPN's on on my phone all the time. It's on my computer, any of my tablets, any devices. There's a VPN on. So on the phone side of things, like is it the same as like VPN on my laptop? Because I feel like the the phone is like, look at me, I have all these ways that I communicate with the entire world that you probably don't know about. Because I know when it starts talking to me about things that I've said out loud to my wife, I'm like, wow, that's weird. Guess we do need to buy some Tide detergent because it just told me that there's a sale on Tide detergent. And, you know, heaven forbid that we were just talking about the fact that we need to get laundry detergent and we're almost out. And now I've got, this doesn't make, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, so the, I mean, the VPNs are similar, but keep in mind that your phone is tracking what you're doing. Um, if you say, hey, whatever, your phone's going to listen to you. So your phone's constantly listening. Um, it's making sure that the other people that are out there are not getting your information. So encrypt the hard drive on your phone, um, set up the VPN, turn off your Bluetooth. There's actually, um, if you are out traveling and you have your headphones, I mean, I love my Bose headphones. I travel with them everywhere. Um, take a cable with you so you can plug it directly into your phone. Um, so you're not using Bluetooth. It's a direct connection. Someone can't get onto your phone through Bluetooth. I would also say if you are going to turn on Bluetooth, make sure you've turned off discovery. Like, Yes, turn off discovery. And then there's... Um, don't auto join, turn that off. Nope, don't join, auto join. There's also um, like airdrop where you can send information yeah. to people, turn that off. Um, like the convenience of life and communication wirelessly or otherwise, when you travel, we're saying give up those conveniences to at least be somewhat more prepared for the inevitable, which is accidentally connecting to something which is bound to happen to somebody at some point. Cause you know, we all like to have high speed, you know, I need one more movie before I get on the plane. Yeah. Another thing that we do too internally as a family is if we get a text message that doesn't make sense or it's someone going, hey, I need your password for Netflix or whatever social or not social um, streaming video it is. Sure. We, have, we have a question that we ask back to the person and depending on their answer depends on if we pick up the phone and call them to give them the information that they're looking for. So it could be 
I don't want to give out what my passport or my question is, but I'm trying to, it could be something yeah. that only you would know, like a code right, right. word or. Um, like who does new phone? Like if they, like sometimes you get, you get that contact that reaches out to you that you haven't talked to in a long time. And for whatever reason, your address book no longer is syncing that contact into your device or they've gotten a new phone number. Um, I think it's something we should point out is that I'm not entirely sure that while we know this person's phone was cloned is to just to point out, I was just thinking about this, like there's two types of cloning, right? There's cloning where like an app gets injected onto a phone where it's like spying on the device. It's like accepting and absorbing all the data. That's largely legal depending on where you are. Um, but illegal would be the devices like what you see in the movies where they're like, they show up in secret and like the phone goes, you know, like they see them, you see them after they get out of bed, like sneaking into the, the person's pocket and pulling the phone out and then they put it next to another phone and voila, I have the exact same device as I go about my day spying and committing espionage. Um, I think this is the former, like it's more like, it didn't seem like it was, or maybe it was, maybe it was fully cloned. It's hard to, hard to say based on what, and it stopped once they replaced the device, which that would make me think it wasn't truly cloned all the way. Yeah, I don't think it was truly cloned all the way. Um, I personally did not get my hands on the device to um, try to look through it and see what I could figure out. But um, so I didn't have a chance. It was like sim hijacking. Like that's what it sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah, more sim hijacking. And the thing is too, with phones now, you don't even need a SIM card. You can have an eSIM card. Right. And so those are even easier. Like it's also worse, to, right? You can't make that exactly. go away once it's on. Yeah, Chris, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could pretend to be me and call up my carrier and say you need a new SIM and just set up a new phone under my account. Depending I'm going to have to work on my voice. I'm going to have to work on my voice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like what we're just what we're talking about right now is interesting on so many fronts because cell phones are are you know, like there's no pay phones anymore like these are like these have become ingrained in everything that we do it's replaced the the uh consoles in the car for gps and, and navigation it has replaced the pay phone or and and largely replaced all forms of communication uh in both home and when we're traveling and we use it to do all kinds of stuff that never would have been dreamt possible from you know, getting a taxi or an Uber or or fill in the blank. And yet a lot of those things you could actually do on a computer, right? Like, but who wants to walk around with their laptop? Like, hold on, I need to stop here. I got to schedule the Uber to pick me up. But is this not like we're talking about the hub of our personal life we are. and incorporating it into work and then thinking through, like, to me, it says in the time we have left, you have to have a remediation plan for something like this. You have to plan for the fact that at some point in time in the future, there's a good chance your phone gets hijacked. It's a, it's a, it's just a reality that I hope it doesn't happen to you or me, but like, it's a reality that can happen to anybody at any point in time. And it's no different than having passwords backed up or passwords in a safe place. That's not say on your cell phone, like the break glass type scenario. But what are your thoughts on how we might, navigate that for cell phones because it's not like you just walk into best buy and get a new phone and you're done it's worse than buying a car yeah it is i think i would rather buy a car than a cell phone at least you can buy a car online i guess you this can buy cell phones online too but you feel like I, you're you giving can... up part of your soul like and please put in the last four of your social security number i'm like i just did that on the previous screen 
I mean, it's going to be the same thing, making sure that you have password protection. Um, I use a password app on my phone, but it's not the one that's built into the phone. It's a separate sure. app. Um, having a backup on that, making sure that you have a backup. So you lose your phone. Someone else can request your passwords within yeah. a certain amount of time, but they have to have a specific password to be able to do that. Um, it just, it's, um, cell phones are, I mean, they're great to have, but you've got to think of the fact that they're basically a computer in your pockets and they have your whole life on there. Don't, um, like app, um, the different pays that you can use, like Apple pay, Samsung pay, probably not a good idea storing your credit card information in there. I know it's convenient, but what happens if your cell phone gets lost? Someone gets a hold of your cell phone. They now have all your personal information. Um, making sure that if you're connected to the Bluetooth in your car, remember that if you're at a stop sign or if you're driving next, stop sign, stop sign, stop sign, stop light, or driving next to someone, they can hear your whole entire conversation. So make sure that those are not conversations that are private. Sure. Um, right. I've heard well, we've all had it happen with. You've had it happen with with uh, like if your spouse or a kid or, you know, like they're in another car and all of a sudden you're like, how come I can't hear my phone anymore? What happened? And it's like yes. they're listening to the conversation on one side because they're getting the phone in their car. Yes. Switch pairing. I was at a I was at a stop sign and I heard someone go, my social security number is and I heard every single digit of their social security number, their date of birth and something else they were applying for a loan. Do you think? Do you think they got the loan, or did you get the loan? I got the loan. Nice, nice. <laughs> but but I think it's interesting. Like so, you hit on something that I and you know the time that we have left that I think is maybe the most important piece of this. It's not the cell phone. It's not a laptop. It's what are the applications we use and how are they managed and backed up so that when the device itself is compromised, we're really not that upset about it because the device is just a device. We don't have anything important stored on the device. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with like what we're going to see more and more of with these virtual um, SIM cards is it's just going to become more of like, you can just go get a SIM card. It's not a big deal. But when you authenticate on the phone, put your information in, then it's going to register like, hey, this SIM is so-and-so. Um, and now the SIM card that was stolen has no value anymore because you just replaced it. Right. I was thinking like, no, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, cell phone should have the same backup as any other device, the three, two, one. So um, three backups, two different um, types of backups and one offsite. So same right. thing as what you're going to do for your computer or any other network devices that you have. When you refer to uh, the three, two, one, the one being more like a cold storage, right? Like one that's air gapped from everything else. So that in the event they were compromised, you still have one that's, you know, on ice, hence the cold storage. Exactly. So you, you brought up like not using certain things. So like this gets into like not using your browser to store passwords. And this isn't to say that browsers haven't uh, evolved to potentially being able to do things securely. I don't, I, that's a whole, we could do a whole episode on that. Um, but, oh, yeah. but your, but your point is like, because the app that you're storing passwords in is independent from the browser or in the case of an iPhone or Android, independent of the built-in system, the operating system, um, 
like we don't know how those things could be compromised, right? Like we know that the application on a phone and like, especially if you use something like one password or last pass, like it prompts you to authenticate. And usually it's more than just a password, right? Like you're doing the face recognition. Like if someone compromised the, the system operating system, you have no idea what that actually compromises, right? They're on the back side of it. Like they can see the data. They can get into the OS of the, of the device. So I don't want to speculate what can happen. I think it's better to just avoid the potential compromise and have it someplace exactly. else altogether. And then you know, I would say that with the sophistication of the apps that are out there, it's actually gotten easier and maybe not even, I almost missed it. Like, how did I live without that app two years ago? Like, yeah, system was okay, but sometimes it just wasn't reliable or wouldn't open or didn't save it after you put a password in something. Um, not to say that they aren't maturing, but like my one password and last pass functionality, I'm like, where has this been all my life? Like we actually can do secure passwords on a much mm -hmm. more frequent basis, easier than we ever have in our previous. And yet we still run into people like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really like password managers. I still use post-its and I just put them up and random order so you'll never know what they're for yeah so. i've heard that i've also heard um oh i just take pictures of my username and my password and i store them as pictures on my phone huh i don't know if that is creative ignorance or i mean we i mean you've probably seen the ellen degeneres and jimmy fallon uh clip from the ellen degeneres show where they were making fun of the password manager from Office Depot or Staples. And then Ellen says, mm -hmm. just, just for this show only, we have for everybody in the audience, a master password password manager. And, and it was yes. a little like diary lockbox with a little combination lock on it. There's actually companies that sell notebooks right. that are like a third of a page long or a third of a page wide. They're same length as a um piece of paper and their password notebooks um and i don't know that in today's day and age that that's necessarily worse I you can know. make a it's pretty good you can make a compelling argument i mean we're, we're like if this is if i'm traveling with my password this goes back to what you said about having the three two one i think mm -hmm. having a notebook that has some master passwords in it that maybe you keep in a secure location, maybe it's at the bank or, or wherever you might put it. Um, but but that does create like if the worst thing, worst case scenario happens, I know I can go to the bank, get that password booklet out, and I have the, you know, here's your key, here's your key, and now we can get back into something. Exactly. But I wouldn't suggest putting your passwords in that notebook and then carrying it around with you with <laughs> your cell phone in the yeah. same bag. <laughs> Well, at least put but, it in a different pocket. Exactly. Okay, maybe not. Uh, so, I mean, that's always like a, an emergency situation. Write them on a notebook, but lock it up. Make sure it's somewhere that someone's not just going to pick it up and be like, oh, I can go into every single one of your passwords. Well, I think the same is true with regards to cell phones in general. Those The apps and the, the notifications that you get on a device when it's locked. Like when mm -hmm. you're traveling, there should not be any visible notifications popping up on your screen while it's locked because inevitably it could be something you don't want anybody to see and heaven forbid it's a pin code or some sort of password while it's sitting there in, in line of sight for somebody else, especially somebody you don't know. 
Well, Sarah, we've uh, about run out of time. Any last thoughts uh, to share with our audience on why, you know, cell phone cloning can happen to the best of us and it's definitely going to happen to the worst of us. So um, find that happy medium and protect your phone so you don't end up on either camp, I guess. Yeah, just like any other cybersecurity, um, approach it as not if, but when and how are you going to respond to it? It's the best way to approach your any device. I like that. Like what happens when your phone's not used? Like I remember flying into Canada, landed with my brand new phone and it would not do anything. I couldn't make phone calls, couldn't connect no. to the internet. And I'm like, huh. So this is what it's like to, you know, not have the ability to communicate with anybody. I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I can get on airport Wi-Fi and start there. And it ended up being by doing that, I was able to basically reboot. I rebooted my phone. I connected to the Wi-Fi and it got the uh, time update. That was my biggest problem. When it got the time update, then then the phone started working. And that's when I said, I will never use an Android phone again. That's That's a challenge for another day. Yeah. Well... For everybody listening, this has been an episode of MSP 1337. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.